Hey everybody, welcome to Emerald City Hockey's post-game live. Another therapy session, unfortunately, after that 5-2 loss to the Flames. Uh, but, you know, there's still some positives to talk about from this one. I think we'll have we'll find ourselves having a good time like we usually do on these. Uh, of course, got to give a shout out to the wonderful sponsor we have, Queen Anne Beer Hall, an incredible place to go and, and watch the game. If you can't get into CPA, uh, it's definitely the, 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 the next top place I'd be checking out uh, if I was in Seattle. Uh, so yeah, I, I mentioned it at the jump, right? Five, two loss. It wasn't great. Uh, I think there was some rough defensive play from the Kraken in this one. I think there's some elements to getting goal lead power play over five. I mean, it's, that's a, that, that to me might end up being the biggest takeaway is that like, you know, you, you won the, the discipline battle there, but it, you, you know, you, you didn't capitalize on it at all which you know let's be real it's not a foreign concept to us following the kraken but it's it's not like like this where that really kind of it feels that much you know worse and and why it feels that much more important that they kind of figure that out and they find some form of sustainability out there on the power play the penalty kill been fantastic like all those problems have gone away uh but the power play still i mean it was we're getting back into bathroom break territory with some of those. It was it was really, really rough. But uh, love to hear what you all have to say about this one. Going to jump into the comment section early. Sergeant, Pickle, Sergeant Pickles <laughs> starting us off. Got to get to bed early, so here we go. Duds, Darth Vladar strikes back. Response goals really are the best slash worst thing in hockey. Feels like one of those annoying we won unexpected goals games. It's a good question. Let me Let me pull up money puck here uh see if that is the case because i could totally see that being the case for the seattle kraken tonight they had lots of good opportunities and you know like you said vladar was just on it um looks like now calgary 4.34 according to money puck seattle 2.84 so uh they 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 had that uh and then studs from sergeant pickles hayden well-deserved reward for his time in coachella Definitely, definitely agree with you there. John Hayden, fantastic uh, goal there. It was a great tip. And yeah, I'm, I'm always happy when players like him who, who put in the amount of effort and work that he does talked about it in his mid uh, intermission interview with Piper, right? Talking about trying to be that Swiss army knife kind of player, trying to be that, that, you know, utility piece for the crack and doing whatever Dave Hackstall and the coaching staff needs him to do. And so for him to get that goal kick off the game that way was, was really big. I was really, really happy for him. Uh, going back to Sergeant Pickle studs here, our flying fin strikes again. I know. And Jonesy summons his 2016 self during breakaways. He does. We talked about this back last week with the Colorado shootout situation, right? Pavel Francouz, very patient goalie, plays back in his net, waits for you to try to make a move, and then he can kind of pounce on that. Martin Jones, very similar style on those breakaways, right? He's very patient. He's not going to make the first move and open up somewhere that, that then the shooter can go get. He's just going to wait for you to do your thing, and then he's just going to be a wall in front of it. Uh, really, really like that we can always trust Martin Jones in those situations because those can be real backbreakers. Um Tolvin in. I mean, there's just nothing left to be said about Tolvin in that whole line. All of it's fantastic. Uh, and then, yeah, we talked about John Hayden. I, I like the I like the studs and duds today. Sergeant Pickles, very good. And obviously, the the Darth Vladar thing is fantastic. Very good. Very good. Um, Hunter, my biggest takeaway from this game is that this team is going nowhere with a power play this abysmal. 
I agree with you. Uh, I've been talking about like the kind of the importance come playoff time of faceoff wins. Uh, and we know that the team isn't great at those, but the other aspect of that is, is special teams and the whole like kind of old adage. We talked about this last last playoffs rj and i if, if you were around for any of those live streams that we did or anything we talked about how you know the, the old feeling of like look they just don't call penalties in the playoffs that's really gone away they do call penalties in the playoffs and that means special teams are playing a bigger bigger role in deciding playoff outcomes the the, the outcomes of playoff games which determine the outcomes of playoff series and which ultimately determines the outcome of your season and so power plays is are something that the Kraken are going to have to be able to convert on with more regularity. And I get that they, they looked good during that road trip. And, and some of that was against good teams. Some of that was against good penalty kills, but we saw it tonight going up against this flames, this flames team that wins through being very disciplined. And I don't necessarily mean as far as taking penalties, because obviously the Kraken got five cracks at the power play, but as far as defensively and how they're playing, their positioning, standing at that blue line, not letting you in. I mean, one of those power plays, Flames clear it. The Kraken had a minute 20 to try to get back in the offensive zone, and they never did. Like, that's stuff that that is like, okay, that's big red warning signs, red flags, whatever you want to call it. That's something that needs to be addressed and that the Kraken need to figure out before you find yourself in a playoff series against maybe the Calgary Flames, right? Like that's a very real possibility. Kraken sitting, you know, where they are in the standings and the Flames being where they are in the standings. This is entirely possible that this is going to be a first round matchup for the Kraken. And it's not really a matchup that I feel like the Kraken, you know, it wouldn't be good for them. Like I don't feel like they match up well against the Flames very well uh, because of that defensive structure that Calgary has, that Daryl Sutter system. And it just the 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 kraken if you're not going to be creative and try to find ways around that different ways of attacking it uh, you're just not going to have any success especially on the power play and so i i think that was part of the problem there uh tonight got a super chat here i'm 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 going down to it hey jules how's it going thank you for the super chat our chances making it past the first round seem rough seems la kings the only pacific team we can beat in playoff contenders i think you know i i think in an Edmonton series, it might be 50-50. Uh, it could come down to like the health of maybe the you know two guys in particular on Edmonton's team. Uh, I think that would be like a fun back and forth kind of series. Um, but I, I think Edmonton would have a chance. I agree with you though. Kings, that one feels like the one where it's like, yeah, the Kraken would be definite favorites. Vegas, we got to play them again. Um, it's been a while since we really played them and, and seen what, what we look like against them. It's possible that we could we could be, be okay there. But when looking at this Flames team, I look at them and I go, they know exactly what to do to disrupt what the Kraken are feeling and doing. And, and they just, they know exactly uh, how to play against us. And so that's something that the Kraken are going to need to figure out here. And again, thanks for the super chat there, Jules. Uh, Ty, what a weird one. Never felt like we were going to win, but man, hot garbage to, oh, almost so many times. Vladar, the difference. I agree with you too. I, I, I corrected it because your spell check thing, Ladaris. Uh, I have no idea how Vladar got, got, got to there. That is definitely some, some funny Apple spell check stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, Vladar was you know, to borrow Kraken Hawk saying in the next comment there, phenomenal. That was, that's definitely a word that you could use to describe his performance tonight. He was right there when they needed him to be. But uh, again, it's just, 
it, it is one of those like through the first period especially it just looked like the kraken weren't really present didn't look like they were totally aware of what was going on uh in the defensive zone you look at some of those and it's like okay big rebound nobody's really taking care of it nobody's paying attention to where the flames are either so the flames are able to jump on it with the with the Toffoli goal and then with the um Zadorov goal same thing we had four people looking at Majiapani who was coming around the back of the net four four defenders and then you see Alexiak spins his head around he realizes what's going on he spins his head around and he sees Zadorov but by the time he can get there it's just it's just way too late and the pass comes through and and that's it or it's Lindholm not Majiapani excuse me but again like like you got to be able to to pick that stuff up. Uh, the fact that Tolvanen is our guy net front in that situation. I don't know. And maybe all of this is just because they're missing Maddie. And that's the kind of stuff that Maddie brings is he can play low in the defensive zone and pick up plays like that. He's really good at reading those and being aware of where everybody's at net front. And he kind of brings that extra little bit of spice and punch and kick to the lineup overall with his effort level and his skating and all of that. And maybe that was kind of the different, you know, the missing piece for the Kraken tonight, that kind of extra factor, particularly early, you know, the first half of the game when the Kraken were struggling and they only had eight shots on goal through the first 20, uh, the first 30 minutes of the game. Maybe, maybe that's part of it is you're just missing Maddie in that situation, but still it's, it's something that, that kind of has to be figured out there. Um, Super chat here from Cameron. Still, thank you. Thank you uh, so much for the super chat there. Uh, I am still so confused on what goaltender interference is nowadays. It isn't why we lost, but still seems soft. I'm right there with you, Cameron. Oh my gosh. I just, it's, it's just one of those things. Like I saw it and I just had like this feeling. I was like, all right, they're going to challenge this and it's going to come back. Why? Well, because it, there was contact with the goaltender and it just feels like that always goes against us. Right. Um, it, it feels very much like, like something that is just that you just get a feel a vibe and then lo and behold, Oh, okay. This was goaltender interference. Um, I mean, was he was was Bacan entirely pushed into Vladar? No, I mean he was kind of guided there, uh, but he was still, you know, he was driving the lane, I would say, so to speak. Um, so I get that. Could he have stopped? I, I don't know. Did he interfere with his ability to make the save? I, probably, in the sense that, like, by taking out Vladar's left leg, he can't then push across to get more in front of the shot, like. I, but again, like you're having to do mental gymnastics to kind of get yourself there. Um, and it's all because they refuse to kind of clarify the language. And I know RJ always comes on and, and says that the language is clarified. But then we listen to John, JT, Ed, Edzo when he's part of the broadcast or or even still you try to apply what the language is and it, it doesn't seem to fit with the calls that we're seeing. And so it's one of those rare instances where the, the NHL has, you know, actual clear language but then they don't apply the clear language so it doesn't end up meaning anything and that's that's still the the most frustrating part of all of this is just that it you know i've just gotten to the point where now if i see contact i'm just assuming it's going to be called goaltender interference and if it's not then hopefully that's going in favor of the kraken but i'm right there with you cameron it is 
it is a confusing mess that that uh, they kind of have on their hands. Uh, Krakenock, I hate it when the Kraken play against good goalies. You have to give credit where credit is due. Vladar was phenomenal tonight. He was absolutely got to give credit. He stood in there big when the Kraken were making pushes the second half of that game. Stood in there very, very strong. And also got to give credit to the Calgary defense in front of him. They know how to take away passing lanes. They know how to pick up streaking players coming down the slot. Like those goals that you saw from Toffoli or Zadorov. Calgary defense knows how to keep those goals from happening. And I'm not trying to throw like the Kraken under the bus there by saying that I'm just saying they're very, very good at keeping their heads on a swivel, whether it's, um, you know, stone, uh, Zdorov can do it. Uyghur, uh, Hannafin's come a long way in that regard. Like they, they just have a really solid defense, but Vladar also made some really incredible saves and he had to, cause the Kraken, like they, they, they woke up. The Kraken definitely woke up in this game and they were they were trying to get it going. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jules, uh, really hope my boyfriend goes. Uh, yeah, what a game. I know. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, that was unexpected from Carol's dark sarcasm. I know, right? Like the Kraken have been rolling. We've all been feeling it, all that stuff. And then it just... Mm. Uh, Joey, one and six against the Flames. I know. Uh, like I said, they kind of have... Uh, their system and our system does not match up well for us. And so I really hope that we, uh, we can avoid them come playoff time. Kepler, the passing and rotations were sloppy tonight. Seems like some of the line shifts set our chemistry back a bit. Hope Maddie has a speedy recovery. Absolutely. Definitely hope Maddie has the speedy recovery. I liking that they holding him out of these two games. I understand like, yes, it would have been fantastic to have him out there tonight, but long-term health for this season and certainly for the next 10 way more important than these two mid January or late January games right before the bye. So I'm all on board with him being out and missing these games, but yes, I, I'm, I'm with you. The passing, the rotations, the overall chemistry, it was, it was clearly thrown out of whack tonight. This was not the normal team that we we're used to seeing, at least in the first half of the game. Like I said, the first 30 minutes after that, I mean, the Kraken went from eight shots on goal in the first half of the game. They finished with 30. So they, they were figuring it out. They got 22 shots the second half of the game. It just took a little while for them to gel. And unfortunately, during that time, they found themselves down 3-1. And in against a team like Calgary, against a goaltender like Ladar, that was just a little bit too much for them tonight. Uh, it was too big of a hole to dig themselves out of. Kraken Hawk, the Kraken mostly opt to dump the puck into the attacking zone, the offensive zone, instead of passing to an open guy for entry. This dump and chase concept doesn't sustain possession. Is this scheme or lack of talent? That is very much a scheme. That is something that I think they were doing in lieu of Maddie, or they were just trying to keep it simple with the new line combinations, like we just talked about. Um, that's that's kind of just an old school. It's Yes, you're giving up possession, but it's it's for the most part a tried and true method of um, at least getting a four check going, trying to throw off the defense. Again, that works probably better against every other team, but the one coached by Daryl Sutter. Uh, he is the king of the dump and chase and naturally knows how to defend it pretty well. Um, so like if they had tried this against, say, in Edmonton, who don't have the greatest uh, defensemen in the world. They don't have the greatest blue line. You'd have a lot more success with that than, than against the Calgary flames. That said, I, I understand why they were just trying to keep it simple with the new line combinations, at least early on, just trying to get them going, trying to generate it. It does help with like motivation and getting in there. And if you can get in heavy on the four check, you make a big hit, it gets your feet moving. Like there, there are benefits to it, but um, yeah, it was, it was kind of hard to watch, especially because, 
as the flames are kind of scoring goal and then they get another one and then it's like another one and you're just like okay waiting for the kraken to really do something and then on the power play again like the whole mess of trying to enter the zone is just it's ridiculous i'm gonna see if i can out of the corner of my eye set up the the whiteboard for that i can talk about that in a little bit someone forgot to tell the flames that they're supposed to lose when chris tanev isn't playing i'm certainly saying i know right like it's come on oh uh, Walt, we just felt out of this game from when I turned it tuned in shortly after Hayden's goal to the end. Just felt like a weird game overall. It did have the sense of no matter what the Kraken are going to do, it's just not going to happen tonight. And there are those nights in the NHL or in hockey where that is just the case. Like the, for whatever reason, the universe is just saying, no, not tonight. Sorry. And, and it's just that way, whether it's a goalie stepping up or whatever, CR buds agreeing with you, Walt. I very much agree with you, Walt. T tonight was just one of those days. Um, let's see. Flames with a hot Vladar just seemed like a really bad matchup for the Kraken from daniel uh, agreed uh gary even after tonight's loss we're still second in the division with games in hand on everyone we are a better team don't let this drag you down love the positivity gary love having you in here bringing that um that energy absolutely it is still true like this is one of 82 it's not anything to be overly concerned about i know i'm kind of bringing up the playoffs the potential playoff scenario there but again like i mentioned we, we didn't have maddie tonight Yanni gets hurt, right? We haven't even talked about that. Um, there don't have Justin Schultz, don't have Jaden Schwartz. Like, there's a there's a lot of stuff that can change between now and then, and and there isn't you know then as much reason to potentially worry about it. Um, but yeah, it, as Joshua was saying, injuries and makeshift lines really had the crack and feeling off for a lot of the game, and that's very true. That's exactly what this was. Was just they, they this is a new group of guys playing together, and and it just took some time for them to gel. And unfortunately, uh, the game was kind of a little out of hand by the time they they kind of came around there. Uh, Dexter Everly doesn't do it for me anymore. Bad mistakes defensively and can't score on the big chances. He's been a little quiet this year offensively. I've I've felt like he was he was finding something there at the at the kind of the turn of the calendar where he was turning into more of a distributor and he was using the fact that hey this is a veteran who's played many years in the nhl the game is a little slower for him he knows where he can go and and where defenses are generally always going to be soft and he was finding that place kind of beneath the goal line on the uh the left side if you're looking up at the net and and he was making some good plays happen particularly up to maddie like we were seeing maddie Beneers goals um from you know assisted by jordan eberly making those chances happen because as maddie's streaking down the slot or going to the front front of the net he was able to dish him the puck there i really liked that from him that was kind of a new ev evolution to jordan eberly's game but at the end of the day, I mean, he is a goal scorer and he's only got 10 goals this year and that's fine. But I, I, I understand where you're kind of coming from power play. I've always talked about this since before the expansion draft, he's not a power play guy. He never has been. Uh, but it, it's still, it's one of those where it's like, you'd like, you'd like maybe some of that veteran savvy to help out the power play in some way or something. You know what I mean? Sergeant Pickles power play is down to phone battery on red level of juice. Absolutely. Sergeant Pickles. It is. Oh, it is so bad. Wild boar 57 asking, why are we seemingly so consistently terrible on the power play? Well, I, we can talk about the one, three, one stuff again. I won't, uh, but let's, let's take a look at why um, the zone issue issue, the, the gaining the zone, entering the zone, establishing yourself in the zone, why we can go a minute 20 without even being able to get in the offensive zone is a problem that we can definitely talk about. So let me just 
real quick set up uh, some magnets here on the whiteboard so I can I can kind of go over it. Um, orange magnets will be the flames. Uh, the 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 green ones will be the kraken. Just heads up, everybody. Uh, as I do this, I just need a fifth one in here. There we go for the kraken. This is basically what we're seeing uh, on the power play is. And, and most teams do this. Like, this is pretty standard, right? Uh, we know the Kraken, right? Like, they'll they'll have, like, three guys up there, and then this guy generally has the puck, and every time we know the player here is going to do the drop pass, right? This is pretty standard. Go, You can rewatch any Kraken power play. You're going to see the drop pass. The Kraken want to play so that the very last player is the one with the puck. I can't even get him in frame. There you go. Uh, Donato, in this case, has the puck here. And... Um, that's just that's just what it is, is is to have that last player and then PKs, all of them defend this way because this has become the more popular thing to do in the NHL is you just stack the line and you you try to hold the blue line there. And I what drives me crazy about this is let's say this last player is able to, in theory, the, as far as I understand, the theory is that you can see the gap in the defense and you're able to exploit it and go around it and gain entry to the zone because you're moving with all this momentum. Your guys are kind of tying them up at the, at the blue line, right? They're, they're kind of all jostling or whatever for position. And then I can't look at the camera and do it. Uh, and then this guy's able to, to, to find the gap and, and voila, you've gained the zone. That's in theory, what's supposed to happen. But what usually happens is that that player gains the zone all these people drop back with them and then because all these players are just stacked up at the blue line they have no momentum to come in and kind of support and really what ends up happening is the two defenders are back and then the two forward pkers do a, you know especially tonight do a really good job of getting between the puck carrier and then the rest of the team right they they take away the passing lanes and then there's nothing for this person to do they're just stranded in there all by themselves and a lot of that in my opinion is because the rest of your team is has zero momentum. You have momentum entering the zone. The rest of your team is at a standstill. They are parked at the blue line. They cannot enter the zone until you the puck does. And so what I what I'm curious about, and I'm interested to talk to like RJ and other people about this, is what if as these guys are all holding the blue line and and this the same last person's going to have the puck. What if they what if the rest of your team stands at the at the center ice line? And as you get there, everybody starts pushing up with you right and then you can pass to one of them whatever but that way when the when the puck carrier hits the blue line and and finds the gap and shoots through the gap everybody else is shooting through with them with speed has momentum right instead of that player getting kind of stuck up there all by themselves is that possible no no teams do it so there might be a reason for that but i i in the Kraken's case, anyway, your power play is so bad to begin with. I don't know why you wouldn't at least give something a shot. It doesn't have to be that, just something. They have to try something because what they are doing now clearly is not working. Like I said, you cannot go a minute 20 without being able to gain the zone on a power play. That's like embarrassing. And so uh, that's, you know, it's it's something uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hear from RJ here in just a second. I said I'd bring it back for everybody. So going to jump over to... The uh, the loading RJ screen here really quick, and uh, and then we'll be right back in in just a moment with RJ.
All right. And we are back with RJ. Look at the magic of television. It's incredible. Um, (laughs) All right, RJ. So there's a couple things to talk about. I was just demonstrating on the whiteboard. I was talking about the power play. Lots of talk about the power play. Obviously, they go over five tonight. Going to be a topic of conversation. I was trying to figure out a different way of them potentially trying to enter the zone because that was a big problem for them tonight. And it was, yeah, it was. Yeah, go, I mean, go for it. I don't know if Hackstall maybe addressed it or anything, but unfortunately, no. And this is why I was glad to see you do a a whiteboard breakdown uh, of that because um, there were definitely issues on the power play, especially entering the zone on the power play tonight. And this was something I was curious about too, especially with them going 0 for 5. They did have the one disallowed one, but this was a game where I felt like the power play had multiple opportunities to give them that spark to get back in the game and it just never happened. And so um, for the post-game presser of the players, we got John Hayden and we got Ellie Tolvanen. Hayden, of course, didn't get any power play time tonight. That's not really his department. Um, But I did ask Ellie Tolvanen, you know, power play 0 for 5 tonight. Is, was that just, you feel like that you weren't getting your bounces or was there some part of the execution you'd like to change? Uh, And he said, you know, it, it was just one of those nights. Like he's, he, and this was kind of a theme from, from not just Tolvanen, but also Haxtell. Um, Haxtell just came out right from the beginning and said, you know what, look, you can break this down any way you want to. I don't want to really get into the specifics, all the things. We just weren't good tonight. We were not good. We didn't make it difficult on Calgary. Um, I think he, he got another question about, like, you know, what did Calgary do, you know, so well to shut down, you know, shut down the entrance into the zone for you guys. And he said, well, they didn't really do anything to shut it down. I don't even think they did very much. We just didn't make it hard on them. We, we weren't working hard enough to get those zone entries. And um, so that was that was kind of the consensus from Axel. We just weren't very good tonight. Yeah. And there is elements of that. Like, like, you know, they had at the halfway point of the game, they had eight shots on goal. Like, you know, you could be better than that. Um, But it's one of those, like I I was talking about kind of at the start, RJ, it's like this flames team matches up really well against the Calgary uh, against uh, the Kraken. Like, like this is, this is the worst kind of matchup in my mind for the Kraken potentially down the line. Um, And especially when you spot them a lead after two goal lead after 20 minutes. Right. They know how to shut it down. Which in part is because the team is playing with, you know, without Maddie, without Schwartz, without Schultz, without, you know what I mean? Like, like the injury list right now for the Kraken is kind of long. And so I do wonder if, if some of that, and especially the slow start was just because of, of, you know, new line combinations, everybody's got to get to know each other again, all that stuff. Yeah, no, I, I think that might be the case. And if you look at the way the lines were juggled tonight, I mean, go and look player by player as far as ice time. And especially if you go on Money Puck and just look at the lines, how many different combinations they had out there for at least a minute and a half, um, yeah. you see the difficulty. And, and part of that is, you know, your your team's not playing well. You're looking for a spark. You pull out the line blender. But they just could get really any consistent personnel out there. The, the Gord, Tolvin, and Bjorkstrand line had far it. and away the most ice time of anybody at five on five. Uh, and And you could see that was kind of the one consistent line they had. It was kind of clear to me from the start that Haxtell never really trusted uh, that line with Donato centering, the former Matty Beneers line with Donato centering. They did mm-hmm. not get a whole lot of ice time, not in high leverage situations. Uh, and it's just something that, you know, unfortunately, Haxtell has less than 24 hours to figure out. But you've got to come up with lines that you can trust a little bit more. Yeah, I that line confused me. Like, I'm, I'm just kind of surprised that he even went with it. You know what well, I mean? Well, I mean, yeah, you, you want to, I guess change things up as little as possible 
you know, because I'm basically what you're doing is just okay. Veneers is out. You're just slotting Donato right into that spot, and you're keeping everything else untouched. But given all the injuries that are mounting, it's not like you're missing just Veneers. You know, Schwartz is out also, and it has been for a little bit. You know, you're kind of juggling the forwards. Hayden comes in. I don't know. It it, it didn't work out very well. I understand the thought behind it, but yeah, I would have to think they'll go with something a little bit different tomorrow. I was gonna say I understand the thought behind it too, but then like. Where's where's like the normal like kind of Wenberg line like like that barely played tonight but four minutes yeah you know what I mean like I I don't I don't know then like they, that it, line it, is sorely missing Jaden Schwartz yeah yeah it, it all kind of disintegrated from that kind of idea of you just kind of plug in one for one um the yeah oh my gosh RJ the power play was the thing that I just couldn't get over really in this one I thought me the- too because at any point if they had just put one in on the power play. They're right yep. back in this game, and, and it, it's a game of momentum. Yeah, it could be very different. Yep. Uh, let's see. Edward, power play was like the twilight zone. Calgary called for a penalty. Seattle can't convert. Calgary penalty. Seattle can't revert, convert. Repeat <laughs> ad nauseum. It was. I mean, that's what this game was for a little while there. I do credit the Kraken for getting back into this game, RJ, right? 22 second half of the game. Shots on goal. That's, that's all good stuff. Get bullied a little bit. Ladar had some good stuff. And then we did have a super chat in here, RJ, from Cameron asking yeah. a question. Okay. Under interference. Uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> as soon as I saw the replay, I, I, my first, I, I said this out loud in the press bridge. This is going to be a 50 50 call. I, I don't know. Because uh, that one. I'm not surprised they went with it the way that they did just because mm-hmm. there was contact with the pad in mm-hmm. the crease and McCann wasn't really pushed in. There's not some guy hanging all over him. If you look at it yeah. um, and, and that contact does come in the crease. I don't think he prevented Vladar from doing his job at all. I don't think it really made an impact as far as Vladar's ability to make the save. But if there is that contact in the crease and it's close mm-hmm. at all, usually that's overturned. I use the word usually because not every time. They're not always consistent. I've seen plays just like that that have been ruled goals. And that's, you know, but uh, but if this is the way it was called all the time, I wouldn't have a problem with it, just given there was contact in the crease. Yeah, I, I, I thought, you know, maybe you could do the gymnastics of saying by contacting his left leg, then he can't push across right. get over there for a save. And so you can never know. And that's why you just say, like, okay, contact in the crease. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a rough one. Creative Moxie, Maddie was missed tonight. Seems his energy might be that important to the team, question mark. Uh, yeah, I do think that yeah. there was that at the beginning of this game, for sure. They were definitely missing some energy out there. Yeah, for sure. And it just took them a while to get it back. And, and uh, you know, I, I want to go back to that, the disallowed goal, because that also, it, it seems like when you they've encountered adversity like the se- that this season, it's lit a fire under them, too. They went and got that goal right back. And it's just right. one of those moments where I'm like, man, I love watching this team because uh, they never, ever quit. Right. No, it, it is very true. The other thing that I talked about earlier with Maddie is helping out the defense, right? Like the Toffoli and Zadorov goals, RJ, are kind of ugly defensive goals from the crack in there of just missed assignments or people just essentially not paying attention to where everybody's at. And I feel like Maddie helps out in those situations as well. A lot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Krakenhawk, I'm concerned how long Maddie could be out. Tua had his concussion weeks ago and still in protocol. The NFL is more rigid, but could we see a similar timeline for return by the nature of the injury? So, I mean, I, I can start off here on this one, and then I'm going to pass it to you, RJ, for for you know, kind of what the news has been around yeah. the team. Concussions, no way of knowing. Like, depending on what it is and what's hurt and what symptoms you have, it could last 
who knows how long it could be very short period of time of having symptoms very long period of time there's like no i mean i i don't want to be like like you know cross or anything but like there's no point in even trying to figure it out because we just don't know um but rj what was like the stuff from the team today and and everything we know he's going to be missing these next two games but did we get any other information Nothing specific as far as what the injury actually is. Uh, You know, so concussion is not confirmed. We don't know that for sure. I mean, we all saw the play. We all saw his head at the ice. Um, You know, you kind of assume that's what it is, especially being ruled out for the two games, not just the one. Uh, That tells me that it's something that they want to be extra cautious with. Um, Yeah, I mean, nothing really more from that on the team. We know how NHL teams are with with injury information. Um, But the fact that he was ruled out both games, that tells me it's not something they're messing around with. It's not something, you know, like if you got a shoulder or whatever that maybe you think you can try and play through, you know, and you're not risking any potential long-term complications. I think it's something they want to be cautious with. And also Hackstall wouldn't comment about uh, Benier's availability for the all-star game. He said, you know, I can't tell you that. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I personally would be shocked to see him play in the all-star game at this point. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of getting that feeling as well. Dexter felt like there was no focus after the Vancouver game, almost like they had let their foot off the gas because they dominated and then didn't prepare for tonight. Your thoughts on that, RJ? I think there's something to that. When it when the game comes so easy to you, it can be easy to, you know, to maybe feel like you've got it in the bag. And um, <laughs> I thought this was interesting from this morning um, when uh, Dave Haxtell was asked, um, you know, what did you think of your, your, your team defense last game and kind of how few chances you gave up? Because if you, if you recall, the Kraken gave up, you know, like the fewest expected goals, uh, I think, of any game this season against the Canucks. So, you know, the question was, what do you think of your team's defense performance? And he said, we didn't defend all that much. Like, we had the puck the whole game. <laughs> we didn't have to defend. Um, and so, you know, when, when it, the Canucks, honestly, they made it quite easy on the Kraken. Yeah. And so when you have a team like the Flames who's playing very hard after – getting beat by the Blackhawks. I mean, the, the Flames were playing like a team that did not want to face Daryl Sutter's wrath after two bad losses in a row. Um, and I think it caught the Kraken off guard. Yeah, I, I do. I, I agree with that. Um, it just felt like that. And whether that's because of the, the, the injuries affecting the lineup, the last game, the emotions involved in all of that too, right? Like that's not unusual to see teams mm-hmm. kind of take a step back after you have a, a big emotional win like that. Um, yeah. It's just one of those things. But, uh, you know, we were talking about it earlier. It's it's one of 82. Like, yeah. you know, there's there's yeah. a lot of people missing. Like it's, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, so there was some talk earlier about, you know, Kraken had brought back the dump and chase a little bit in this one, particularly earlier on uh, and and talking about, you know, and I, I had brought up and I want your opinion on this, the idea of, look, when you, when you've got kind of the new line combinations, you're trying to figure that stuff out. You're just trying to get people comfortable with each other. It's sometimes easy just to fall back on those kind of tried and true methods. Um, But as uh, uh, Joey pointing out, dump only works if you get a good four check going and Kraken struggled with that. Yeah, and there, there's more to a successful dump and chase game than just dump it and chase it. You've got to be purposeful with where you put those pucks when you dump them in. You've got to be on the same page about going to chase them down. And that requires chemistry. That requires time together. And unfortunately, the Kraken's lines tonight just didn't have that benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joshua, need a big bounce back game tomorrow to end on a good note before the break. I do think that that would be a, a good thing for the Kraken. Uh, we've seen that before with them kind of, you know, entering breaks on a positive note generally translates then to, to good practices, all that kind of stuff. And thankfully it's Columbus, RJ. 
Yes, I mean, that should help quite a bit. Um, but again, that's, this is where you don't want to get into that trap game mentality where you think, oh, it's Columbus, uh, you know, and, and you get a little bit of the effort you got tonight. I mean, it's the NHL. Any team can beat any team on any given night. And you've got to remember that. You've got to have that presence in your mind. And, you know, again, Philip Grubauer is going to be a net. They've got something to prove playing in front of him. You know, it should be a winnable game if you play the right way. And, and at least, you know, that's good. It's not like they're going out against some, you know, amazing opponent where even if you play your best, they can beat you. Uh, right. This one's all on the Kraken. Yeah, for, uh, agreed. Uh, both JMG and Becca here with, with nearly simultaneous uh, Super Chats are wow. the same question, okay? If Maddie doesn't play in the All-Star game, do the Kraken get to send another player to replace him? The answer is yes, they do. Uh, and as, as far as what player it is, um, I mean, you know, nobody I've talked to knows for sure. I don't think that's been decided yet, but all the word I hear around is suggested it's probably going to be Jared McCann. Okay. I mean, we, we all talked about that. We were trying to make the push. We were all voting for him, trying yeah. to get him in there anyway. Um, yeah, that is always like an interesting thing is, is like how they go about, you know, the team would go about doing that. Like that would be something I'd be interested in if, if it should happen uh, is, is trying to get the kind of the story of, of who's making it. Yeah. I mean, how, is, yeah, is there all right, who got, guys who wants this, you know? Right. Yeah. Is it, is it kind of like, okay, that, or is it kind of the team being like, you know, Hey, we want to choose you as like our representative there yeah or we think you're having a good season we want you re you rewarded I mean, if we but... find out tomorrow in time i like you know i don't think they'd make that announcement if we were, if we were to find out tomorrow yeah. like i would ask about that but yeah. you know you, you'd need to know who it was going to be yeah i don't know uh but like as as donnie darko is saying in here mccann all day easy decision and i agree with that like that's yeah. that's the one that makes sense unless we want to just totally flex on the league and you go sprong or tolvin in and you just go like look at what we can do everybody. if it was i know if it was totally up to me it would be daniel sprong again it's all about the skills competition i want him at the skills competitions yes um uh, uh yeah definitely uh, agreed with that uh something's got to happen on the entry to the power play because it's painful to watch i know this was my suggestion our day i don't know if you caught it on the you know watch i caught the very tail end of it all right but the, the the whole basic premise is is if if they're if they're gonna stack the blue line right the opposing uh penalty yeah. kill they're stacking the blue line and we're just going to have the last puck carrier be the person coming in and everybody's stuck here. One of the problems with that is the few times tonight where the puck carrier was able to enter, enter the offensive zone, RJ was then they're all alone and they're cut off from the rest of the team because everybody else has zero momentum. They're all stopped. They have mm -hmm. to start from a stop. Whereas the puck carrier enters with speed and then they move too far up into the zone. They can't, they can't get back to anybody. The defense is between them. So my, 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 thought was why not just have them all down at the down there you know the other team's going to hold the blue line they're not going to chase them down to center ice but that way when the puck carrier hits center ice everybody starts pushing up together everybody moves as one you got momentum you can make a pass across if you see things open up somewhere else right if the p if, yeah. if the if the penalty kill loads up on one side well now you just hit eberly in this situation and he streaks in you know uncontested but that way you have everybody moving with momentum they're all on that kind of same even plane and you can't get like choked out the way that that they are now yeah, I, I think that could work. My, my one worry is just you better make sure somebody is designated as the if something goes wrong, you get back right yes. now. Uh, yeah. Because that's the one danger of that. If everyone has the momentum going forward, you can get caught in transition pretty bad. But that's something you can plan for. 
I was gonna say, here's here's an idea. How about that last person back is just the defenseman, and then they're just there, and they make the pass up here, and then all four of these players push up together, and then you know you yeah. have a trailer. I don't, I still don't understand this whole the last person has to be the the person to carry it all the way through yeah. all nine bodies because you need all the drop the passes, Dylan. I know. I just you've just got nine bodies clogging up one blue line, and it's like <laughs> we'll figure something out. I I don't see how that works. The the math says that eight percent is it increases your chances of scoring by eight percent or something but i don't i don't get it <laughs> i will i will announce this is my hill that i'm dying on <laughs> uh hockey fork vegas is in the first round vegas in the first round would be wild as heck considering their last two games of the regular season yeah i mean looking ahead to the playoffs rj that would be quite something can you imagine potentially nine games in a row against vegas I I, no. I I still don't want that, but <laughs> I don't want that either. Just because I don't want to deal with the Vegas fans that much. <laughs> like, let's be real. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, uh, call that maneuver the Seattle Wall. Yeah, that, but something. But uh, I, I think we could give it a shot. Um, Ayers, after witnessing the Kane Sharks game, I was hoping for a crack and comeback, but to no avail. Hope the rest of the team better after the All Star break. Uh, yeah, this whole kind of bye week All Star break, it's coming at the right time for the crack. Well timed. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask about was Yanni Gord because obviously he goes down very painful blocked shot there on the inside of his foot it looked like um any any updates there obviously he was able to come back yeah no no update from him dave hackstall did say you know i'm said i don't know how it looked when he took that boot off but i'm sure he's not feeling very good right now yeah um so you know of course hinting at what we all know that that's that foot's gonna be pretty swollen i'm sure um but no updates and i don't think they can know at that point just you've got to wait for the swelling and everything to go down that's what I was wondering is because I'm wondering about his availability for tomorrow because right with the quick turnaround. Right. Cause you know, you could, you can avoid the break and the skates have gotten good enough. They've got guards and stuff in there that, that it generally it can save you from dealing with a, a breakage, which is fantastic. Cause that's like a long-term thing you're dealing yeah. with, but it's not, it's not, so, it's not a quick turnaround kind of injury, right? Like your, your, your foot's going to be swollen and in a ton of pain. It's going to be hard to play tomorrow. It's easier to get through the game and finish it when you've got the adrenaline, the skate yeah. staying on, right? It's keeping the swelling down because it's all compressed in there. But uh, I, that is one thing that I'm kind of like holding my breath on, like, you know, morning skate tomorrow, they announce maybe not. Tonight. Yeah. And, and because of the back to backs, I'm not sure if we'll get a morning skate yet. So that might be something that we have to, uh, you know, wait and see closer to game time about. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, Donnie Darko saying I would have moved Wenberg to the, to the first line. I think it's something to have considered, uh, especially given how little you actually stuck with Wenberg's line combination. Anyway, uh, I get it. it you know, Don uh, Ryan Donato on the hot streak. So you want to give him that kind of extra time. He's kind of earned it, but, but rough. And we got Zoidberg in here. Sad to see the Kraken lose, but fan of the night. What an honor. Care to elaborate on that, RJ? Wait, sorry. Can you say that again? There's some background from, noise there. From, from Zoidberg. Sad to see the Kraken lose, but fan of the night. What an honor. What an honor. Yes. So they, they did a fan of the night thing, and it was kind of a uh, um, like uh, audience uh, crowd noise, like cheering, voting, basically. And it came down in the final two, and Zoidberg was on there. He won fan of the night. Congrats, Zoidberg. I mean, well-deserved. Fan of the night every night, really. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that was great. The, the fans got really loud for Zoidberg there. Oh, love it, love it, love it. Um, Kyle, was it the Pens game where we had multiple disallowed goals before finally getting the W? It's... 
That sounds right. Yeah, I, I know the game to talk about. I don't remember the opponent. It might have been the Penguins game. I think it was the Penguins game because it was. It yeah. was just kind of endless of like, okay, they scored, right. oh, it's gone. <laughs> they scored again, it's gone. They just kept going. They don't um, go away. And I, I still, I love that about this team. Yeah. Tammy with the with the nice poem in here. Calgary's red, Seattle is blue. Go like the stream and cool off with a brew. That is good idea. there, Tammy. Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, let's see, CR bud. Anyone want to swap Coolman for Tolvanen? Yeah, I mean, you know, that was that was a thing. Uh, it, as we approach the the trade deadline, RJ, I've been seeing more mm -hmm. and more people. They don't want moves made because it's like you know, I don't the want chemistry, lose any right? guys. I love everybody. Well, it's also that you know we love all these guys, right? It's hard to it's hard to to conceive of moving them or watching them go play for somebody else. Um, but you know, it's one of those times where you got to trust the process and you got to think that, you know, Ron Francis, the front office, all of them are making moves, you know, because they feel like it's going to make the team better. And I do agree with like CR bud here. Um, you know, that's a good example of that, right? We all loved Carson Kuhlman, but here in comes Ellie Tolvanen and seven goals in 14 games with the team. And you know what I mean? Like that's, that's what it's about. Yeah, anytime you have a chance to, to make yourself better. And, and I think that's something that Ron France is always looking to do, and that includes the trade deadline. And it it may, if it's a big move, include giving up a player off the roster. Generally, GMs try not to do that when they're buying. Um, but if you want a big ad, you know, if you're going after a Bo Horvat or something, you know, maybe it means a Morgan Geeky goes the other way. Or, you know, maybe you, you trade Carson Soucy and, and bring another defenseman. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, it's all going to be in the name of making the team better. And, uh, you know, all the all the big names, you know, that we know and love, I don't think are going anywhere anytime soon. Agreed. Duthin with the super chat here. Thank you very much, Duthin. Uh, hope Maddie makes a full recovery soon. He has bonus money for making the All-Star game in his contract. Yes. Is he still in line for that bonus if he's injured and misses it? Um, I, I believe he would still would be because that selection is still there. Yes. You, you, the injury doesn't take that away. Um, and I believe that all-star selection still goes like on his, on his record, on his resume. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. it, it does. He will always have been, you know, if, if say next year he goes to the all-star game, that will be his second all-star game. Yep. In, it, yep. you know, even if he doesn't play in this one, that's kind of how it'll, it'll always go. Uh, I'm under the same understanding as you are, Jay. Once you're selected, uh, that bonus triggers whether you play yes. the game or not. It means he loses out on the chance to make more money, right? At the All Star Game with yep. the whole uh, right. The tournament's still that way, right? The division that wins, the I think so, gets gets the big pot and everybody shares it. Uh, so he he misses that chance to kind of chase the bag, but he's already secured that All Star bonus and and good for him on that one. Um, what what is interesting is if you're the replacement, do you does that trigger if you have a clause in your contract? I wonder. I don't know that that part. I'm not sure about. I know. So I, I don't, don't, I don't, I don't either, but that's, that's an interesting uh, situation as well. Um, let's see. So Becca was talking about uh, up here, you know, when you were talking about, you know, setting sprong, it's all about the skills competition. Becca's saying, why not geeks? Then he has the shot. Yep. And, and, you know, if Geeky had the numbers where you could really make an argument for it, I'd be all for it. It is all about the skills competition. Sure. I mean, if I could just pick anyone myself, yeah, I probably would send Morgan Geeky. The personality stuff, too, the quotes you'd get on the All-Star Media Tour. Yes. Go for it. Morgan yes. Geeky all the way. I just I think the, the rest of the league might shake, scratch their heads at that a little bit too much just that a, that a fourth liner was going. Oh, absolutely. And to be I mean, you know, we talked about it. 104.8. Right. That was what it was. 
that yeah. that could be enough to win it. Like, like, like that straight yep. up could be enough to win it this year at the All-Star game. The landscape is so different post Char and Shea Weber. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's just all come crashing. <laughs> Field is wide open and, now. Yep. Uh, which is, it's still fun. Uh, let's see. Uh, Wenberg uh, is the third. Uh, Wenberg on the third line. Wait a second. From Andy here. Wenberg in the third is Wenberg. We need every game. He was actually playing aggressive for once. A thousand percent. What? Agree. Yeah, he was playing aggressive. He was driving the net. He shot the puck on on the disallowed goal when it popped mm-hmm. out to him. I mean, yeah, I was a big fan of Wenberg's play in the third. Love, would love to see more of that. Wenberg had three shots on goal. Everybody. I look at these shots on goal numbers for the entire Kraken team after every single game. That's what I have up, you know, almost all of these post games on my laptop. And I've never seen a three in that column for, for Alexander Wenberg ever. Congrats. <laughs> so that is, that is absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. I, I, I think he has been, and I do think that, yeah, he was the guy I was kind of noticing push the offense try to drive offense late in this game when the kraken really needed it so you know hey maybe we're seeing kind of this step up from him we've talked about it in the past right where has he been in the top six can we get the you know the scoring going more maybe this is his time maybe this was kind of that that fire he needed was seeing that that kind of spot open up and and something's clicking for him yeah maybe and i there weren't a whole lot of guys who stepped up in this game and i think he kind of took it upon himself yeah uh rebecca let me know 104 would have won it last year confirmed see i'm time there's there's yeah there you go definitely something to do there uh let's see uh striatic i want to see mcdavid dreisaitl geeky as a 3v3 unit oh my gosh can you imagine (laughs) that would be crazy that would be absolutely insane and what's so funny is you know they would do all of that to set up geeky's one-timer yeah, would try to set up a geeky one timer. You just know they would. It would be it would be fun, uh, and good to see you back in here, Striatic. Uh, yeah. Let's see. One hundred four is crazy in any year, Kyle. And when he shot on purpose, <laughs> no, I know. no, it's still one of those things. And the shot on goal for the disallowed goal doesn't even count. So that's four shots, Jake. What amazing coming in with? Absolutely, um, it is. It is definitely one of those. Donnie Darko. I don't want Horvat. He's going to cost way too much. I'm sorry, but please don't do it. Grow organically through the draft. I still think that that's Ron's like number one strategy for everything. I think so too. You know, in Seattle or climate pledgery and you want those organically grown players on your team. <laughs> Guys like Maddie Veneers and Shane Wright. That's the other thing is like, I was really freaking out when Yanni Gord blocks that shot. He's on the ground. He's obviously in pain, having problems there. And I'm like, Maddie, Shane Wright's hurt now in Windsor, Yanni Gore. I'm like, what is it? What's it's like this curse. And there was a part of me that was just like, we're, we're two days away. We're two days away from the bye week Like just survive, like just drop these two games. It doesn't matter. Just survive. Get there, everybody. And I know some, a uh, couple, a couple um, like Canucks media people hopped on, on the video. I post of Gord going down. They're like, Hey, crack and lose two centers in, t- in a couple days. Mm-hmm. Talk about wishful thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised though. Um, yeah. So one of the other things that was, that was talked about earlier, I don't remember whose comment it was. Sorry. I will try to find it while, um, 
you give your opinion on it, RJ, was just okay. that the idea was, you know, Calgary, like like they were making the comment of like, oh, well, you know, we, we played yesterday, all that kind of stuff. And then it's like, oh, no, wait, no, that was the Flames, right? Like that is, yeah. you know, that was kind of it. You do, you would think generally in this situation, we, our team should have been the fresher team. Yeah, you, you would definitely think so. And um, maybe that gets in guys' heads a little bit. You think the other team's going to be tired. And, and funny enough, so um, in, in, that, uh, in the Vancouver game a couple days ago, Vancouver was coming on. It was on their second half of back-to-backs. The crack were getting an opponent there. Tonight, Calgary. Calgary on the second half of back-to-backs. And I believe tomorrow, Columbus, because Columbus played tonight. So this is the, it'll be the third game in a row the crack can get an opponent on the second half of back-to-backs. Yeah. It's uh, we'll see. Uh, Dexter was the was the one with the comment up there. Uh, I must have missed this one going through the first time from CR. But I feel like Berkey hasn't had the same shot aggressiveness like early season. I very much agree with that. Yes. Yeah, he has not been as willing to throw the puck on net. Um, and even when he didn't score, even if he kind of missed the net the, early in the season, you know, you'd see a few shots from him that would just have that sizzle on him, right? Yeah, or even if he yeah. didn't score, even if hit the glass behind, it was so loud. He's like, oh, man, he, you know, he shot that one hard. Yeah, you, you um, you're just no. not seeing that anymore from him. Yeah, no, you're not. And uh, I'm just going to say this, finished with less, less shots on goal than Alexander Wenberg. Yeah, I, that's how you know, right? <laughs> that's that's the new barometer. Uh, but and and this is the other thing too. It's like he had seven minutes and eighteen seconds of power play time. Only two shots on goal in the game. And yeah, I, I'm sorry. Like, if you have seven minutes on the power play, I don't care who you are, what position you play, what your role on the team <laughs> is. You should have at least three shots on goal for the game. Yep. Like that's, I don't, I don't know. That doesn't seem like asking too much in my opinion. Um, and that's ignoring the minus three done also tonight with the rough minus three, that, that one, oh, that was just rough for him. Um, felt like a lot that of that was just had a rough unlucky. night. Yeah. Uh, that's right. I've put throwing shade just a little bit here tonight. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, I would, I thought the Bruce there it is would have earned us good karma. I, you'd think so. Right. You would, you would, uh, I guess, I guess Vancouver like, uh, hexed us on their way out of town. So it's the, yeah. it's the, it's the only logical explanation for all of this <laughs> as the, the injuries don't, don't mean anything. No. Calgary being, you know, just a good team defensively doesn't mean anything. It was clearly, it was clearly Vancouver. Uh, let's see. Uh, most players with 20 plus points this season, Seattle with 14 Calgary, Boston, Carolina, all at 11 you to boss Seattle from Harley there. It is incredible. I mean, we've talked about the depth. I mean, I guess this is the first time on this post game. So it keeps the streak going of talking about it every post game, but the depth is insane from the Seattle team. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's just so many different ways you can express it. it just unreal scoring depth. Right. And I was going to say, like, let's let's look at like kind of who's who's coming up, you know. Uh, uh, so 20 points. Tolvanen's going to get there. He's got 12 points or 13 now. Um, you, you know, you got to think like the way he's been playing, like the fourth line guys could potentially get there. I mean, last year, I not that it totally helped them that much, but I made a big deal about the fact that St. Louis was a team that had, I think, nine 20 goal scorers on it. Yeah, like your entire top nine has scored 20 goals. Like that's crazy. Uh, in years past with Tampa, one of the big things talked about is the amount of guys with 10 goals, like getting to double digits and, and having that kind of depth. And Seattle is really showing that this year. And that is definitely something that 
you know, in theory, the playoffs are always its own beast and lucky streaks and whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But as far as preparing for the playoffs and doing your best through an 82 game regular season, having all those averages play out to put you in the best spot to succeed later, that is the stuff that gets it done. It is. And, and it's the sign of a potentially good team as the playoffs come around. I'm just I'm eager to see them in that situation. Yeah. And, and uh, the other thing is uh, special teams. So work on the power play, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Got to do that. Going to need that. Uh, Daryl in here. Maddie, sh- uh, Maddie out sure seems to take the dynamism out of uh, Berkey and Ebbs tonight. I agree with that. Like it just wasn't the same with Donato. No, it wasn't. And, and it shows how much Maddie does on that line uh, that, that even, you know, when it's a little quieter, can go underappreciated. But he, he really like dynamism. That's the right word. You know, he adds it to that line. Yeah. And it's and it's one of those where, you know, it's it's the energy level for one. It's this it's the skating. It's the going to the slot. It's the cycling of his uh, of himself through the offensive zone to give them different looks, right? I, I talked earlier about Ebbs. Uh, someone was talking about him being, you know, kind of a little disappointing, being a little over Jordan Everly right now because he's not, you know, he hasn't been scoring a ton, all that kind of stuff. But he's he's really focused on being a distributor lately. And then that gets taken away when Maddie's not there in those kind of net front roles. Berkey, we talked about him, right, just moments ago. The shot hasn't been totally there. He's still a fantastic distributor and playmaker, yeah. but without kind of that chemistry, he was just starting to find with Maddie and Maddie's trips around the world there in the offensive zone. <laughs> um, uh, it it kind of goes away, and and both of them looked like they were just they were just lost. You know what I mean? Yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah. Uh, 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 beep boop. W, do you think the team <laughs> will hold on to Tolvin in next year? Uh, let me he's see. Under he's, contract, he's under so contract. He's under contract. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. I think so. He has another year at one point four five uh, million. So they have to contract. trade him or waive him to not have him. So I think he's definitely in their plans. Oh, for sure. Especially because you know you've got Donato, Sprong, um, all on expiring deals, and Morgan Geeky. Yep. Some yep. of them are RFAs, but it it does mean that you know. You like having that person under contract. Um, I really think what hurt the boys tonight was the puck entry on five on five, uh, both sides of the puck offense and defense. I will definitely agree with you defensively five on five, like Calgary was able to do whatever they wanted coming into the zone and the Kraken's D was definitely on their back foot. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, five on five going and entering the offensive zone. That was something Haxtell highlighted. Like we, we, we didn't make them do very much as far as having to defend their own blue line. Um, and I, I think it was just something kind of clear all game. Yep. And then, you know, as we were talking about the importance of depth, uh, Becca talking about all the injuries really made sure there aren't one, two, three, four lines. There was one through three and then a fourth, uh, and no yeah. knock on the fourth, but that is true. That is, that is what it did. The, the injuries really are, are making us look a little bit more like what, what other teams have to deal with RJ. Yeah. And other teams, they'll often have a player or two that they, you know, kind of can't really trust in the big situations. And um, like we talked to John Hayden after the game. And so I was kind of really quickly looking up his shift chart, trying to find, I don't think he played even a a second in the third period. He didn't play at all. He was stapled to the bench. So that's something that's just kind of unheard of from this Kraken team prior to this. So, you know, it's unfortunate. Yeah. You look at it. He played 623 the entire game. 
Uh, Daniel Sprong, only 1124. That's very low for him. Oliver Bjorkstrand with only 1335, only 245 on the power play. The minutes were really weird tonight. I, I sorted through the ice time. It's just weird stuff. It's very strange looking at it. I As Tolvanen said multiple times after this one, it's just one of those nights. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Daniel Donato has talked about the chemistry he's developed with McCann. Think they need to keep them together. Yes. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Definitely Daniel. And then uh, we'll, we'll probably end on this one from striatic, especially against the flames. It really helps to have that guy who can threaten to skate through their neutral zone structure. Maddie can threaten that and was missed in that role tonight. And we've seen that in the past uh, this season with games against the flames too, especially that one in Calgary, um, what he can do entering the flame zone. Uh, just, yeah. So really missed that tonight. Yeah. Because Calgary is all about their structure and everybody's in the right spot right when they need to be there. And so having anybody who can disrupt that, anytime you're talking about a team that's going to be playing off of structure, rhythm, reading the other team, anytime you have anybody who's going to throw a wrench in that, it's always a good thing because if you're if you're always relying on structure and knowing where everyone's supposed to be and then they can't be there, now it's all on you and you're not used to preparing for that scenario. And, exactly. and yeah, the Kraken weren't totally able to do that. They were able to do that a little bit at times, at least net front. Uh, there were some chaotic sequences in there, but on, on the whole, that was really what uh, the Kraken were missing tonight against Calgary. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for, for joining us for this one. Thank you, Queen Anne Beer Hall, for uh, sponsoring these as always. Again, go check them out. You can't get into CPA on a night, but you still want that fun atmosphere. Enjoy the game with fellow fans, all that good stuff. Have a goal horn going off and lights flashing whenever the Kraken score. Check out Queen Anne Beer Hall. Uh, but that's going to do it for this uh, episode of uh, Emerald City Hockey's <laughs> Post Game Live. We'll be right back here tomorrow after that Columbus game, though. Hopefully, we'll be singing a different tune. Uh, it'll be a dance party, not a, uh, a therapy session. But thanks, everybody, for joining us. And we will see you tomorrow.